Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Each week we'll recap and discuss a new episode. So come join us and our amazing guests from creators to cast to superfans to chat about all things Avatarverse. It's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Marvel Vision, a podcast about Marvel, the MCU, and right now the season slash series question mark finale of Loki. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And as mentioned, we're going to be talking about Loki season two, episode six, Glorious Purpose, confusingly named because the first episode of the show ever was Glorious Purpose. You get it. Mm. It's an Ouroboros. It's a snake. It's a loop. It's a loop. It's a time loop. Time. Time is all we have. It's not a question of who it's a question of when but also it's a question of who we're going to get into spoilers here obviously and talk about all of this but a brief bit of recap of the episode in case you don't remember or were confused it was confusing we'll get into i all feel of like you've done this before Alex. Oh, i feel like I i'll feel do like it in I've short i'll do like a, a skirt i wish you would a uh, very short Brit. So Loki is time slipping. He's gotten control of those powers for the most part. He has jumped back in time to the TVA right before the loom explodes. And basically, as predicted, goes through a Groundhog Day of a sort over the course of the episode. Jumping back <laughs> multiple Groundhogs. Groundhogs all over the place. There is a Groundhog infestation on this episode, Mm. let's be honest. As Loki time slips, he becomes more and more powerful over the course of the episode as he tries to prevent the TVA from being destroyed. Ultimately, what he finds out was this was all part of He Who Remains' plan from season one. And in fact, what He Who Remains was trying to do was create a failsafe. If Sylvie killed him, he would prove to one of the Lokis, probably our Loki, and as it turns it out, our Loki, that there are only two choices. One choice is let him live, keep the sacred timeline, and keep everybody safe, everybody Loki loves. The other choice is kill him, and the loom explodes, and the multiversal war war explodes with all of the Kang variants, and everything is lost. Loki, however, by the end of the episode, finds a third way. The third way is he goes out on the bridge, blows up the loom, takes all of the strands, uses his now immensely powerful magic to reignite part not all of the multiverse not the out of control infinity that it was but whatever he actually can do with his own hands and his own power steps up to the chair that he who remains was sitting on turns it into a golden throne and finally after multiple marvel movies and multiple seasons of tv shows he becomes he finds his glorious purpose becomes the new kind of king of the multiverse god of time if you will God of stories god of stories there you go uh, and the biggest and thing i think we can say is that he becomes a tree he becomes a tree. he becomes a tree he's he's huge on threads and then we catch up with everybody else and we find out how they end up how the tva ends up 
without Loki. We get some closure on everybody there. Um, and Creepy then we closure. kick into the new status quo for the TVA. If we're going to, I assume, talk about the future of the MCU and how this affects it, where now mm. they are keeping track of the Loki tree and also tracking down Kang variants, he who remains variants throughout the multiverse and trying to shut them down before they cause more damage. That is the new mission of the TVA when we end up here. So that said, I am curious to hear what you guys thought of it. Oh, Pete, do you want to talk about the Marvel flip first? Yes, because they did the Marvel flip backwards, man. It's more like, of more time like Marvel loops. pliff. Marvel. Uh, it, was, it felt like a pliff. Marvel pliff. It was awesome. I was having pliff. such a great time at the beginning because they everything was going backwards, I including... Mean, the Marvel flip, which was so fun to see backwards. Uh, I just thought that was such a cool way to start things off. And I think we can probably end there uh, without any negativity whatsoever. There we go. Your endless enthusiasm for the, the Marvel pilf is, is amazing. Like, honestly, oh, that's real magic. Yeah, I agree. You know, and uh, I'm. it's nice that we can uh, talk about it a little bit here. You know what I mean? I guess my biggest question that um, I have, and I don't want to have a huge take at the top of the show that affects our ability to talk about it, but mm-hmm. did I like this? Just to, just tell me, <laughs> did I like this episode? And the, I guess this show. Well, and what Marvel. I did, what I did like about it is we didn't get kind of put in a situation where Kang is going to be being used as we go forward it seems like this did a good job of being like well kang's done you know what i mean loki uh, is kind of like oh I, oh i don't think so i think to answer your question justin what i liked about it was how much loki grew you know what i mean like he wasn't like a tree yeah he did he grew like a tree but he he stepped up like things were impossible he found a way like the centuries later like the anguish and everything when we had that moment of it finally working like uh, the years they went through to make that happen it was really impressive to see him go through all that in one episode even though it was literally centuries long there's a couple of things that I want to respond to here. The first thing that I'll respond to is the Kang thing. And then I want to get back to thoughts on the episode. So there was, we've talked about this on the podcast before. There was a big article that came out in Variety that was talking about the state of the MCU. And one of the things they had, I'm forgetting the exact term, but it was like industry insider said they had seen the finale of Loki. And they're like, given the Kang situation, Marvel is fucked. I, they believe they use the word fucked. Yeah. Watching the episode, I was like, what is it? What is he talking about? This, this is very, there's very easy outs here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they That's definitely what I liked. Well, they're definitely setting it up to be like, okay, the TVA is going after Kang. Kang is still a threat that is out there, but Victor Timely is gone. He who remains is gone. There's Kang multiversal. Like uh, I was sort of throwing out there in the last episode. If you really want to pivot into Loki is the big guy in secret wars, there is a perfect setup at the end here for that 100%. Definitely. So you really don't need Kang other than, oh, he's a threat out there. Oh, weird. He came back with a different face and is a different person. Cool. You know, the, this is such an easy pivot point off of Kang if they really want to. And I really thought they were un, unfucked. This episode made me think Marvel's unfucked. That's like they could pivot directly, like we said on, I think, the last episode of this, to Loki being the villain. He can... And- go dark at, at the center of the tree and start to have his variants doing what uh, Kang was going to do. 
Yes. Also, what I liked was we didn't get the dramatic acting, you know, Kang. We got regular Kang. And, oh, man, going back to that Kang was just awesome to have him interacting with Loki and, like, Peeps talking about who were remains here. Okay, thank you. Timely. Yes. Yes. No, I meant Timely was the one that we went away from is what you were saying. Yeah, I I liked the stuff that we got. I like how unconfusing this is. Yeah. 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 Uh, (laughs) I I like how Pete's plowing forward like a character. Yeah. By the way, if you're only listening to the audio podcast, Pete's brains are literally pouring out of his ears right now. There's there's just great stuff. There's a vein throbbing right at the front of his forehead. I'd say try the gray stuff. It's delicious, but it looks bad. You got to get that yeah. looked at, man. I, we did get He Who Remains back here. I don't know if it's like a residual effect of all the Jonathan Major stuff, but it felt nowhere near as sharp as the season one finale. And I think mm. that's my big criticism. I will say on the positive side, I liked this finale. I think this was my favorite episode of the season. I have some quibbles and concerns that we'll certainly get into. Um, but overall, I don't think this was nearly as sharp or as interesting a season of TV as the first season. And I think that came through in a lot of the different choices. My big overall take on this episode in particular, which goes into the entire second season of the show is they probably could have done the story in they could have cut two and a half episodes and been totally fine. hundred percent. The the Renslayer and Miss Minute stuff didn't play not into necessary it. the victor timely stuff you really could cut it out entirely and sub any other character going out on the bridge and you take that from the time jumps like where did he go to he went to the last episode he went to little... school he learned to be an engineer and stuff all i'm saying is from the plot of the six episodes he skipped most of it like we ignored most of it probably better for it but yeah you would have had a much tighter, much more interesting season if you had gotten to it much quicker because the ultimate revelations, things like this is what the loom's true purpose is and everything else. These are the questions we ask, like what is going on here? Not in a, Ooh, what is going on here? Questioning way. So much as a, like, this is unnecessarily confusing. And the reason it's unnecessarily confusing is because the loom does exactly what we thought it is. And you just didn't want to tell us that. So that ultimately is very frustrating. Pete, you 100% disagree. Everything was perfect. It's a beautiful child. Don't make fun of my child. Take it away. Uh, Not all that, but at least let's talk about the key of it all. He was so amazing. Uh, I, I, there was Loki, especially not Loki. I'm talking about the actor dad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Just so his, especially last episode, like all the fun lines he got and all the, I just think that as an actor, he brought so much to an insane plot and he was such a light of joy uh, every time he was on screen. So um, I hear what you're saying plot wise, technically wise, but uh, the key of it all made it worth uh, so much. To he me. was not he was hardly in this episode. Well, that, well that was another I'm, problem I'm, that I he have was talking the about the whole season. He was saying he had problems. Uh, with no, the whole both season. things. We're jumping all over the place. It's fine. You're fine, Pete. I agree with you. He was great. His shrug at the end when uh, yes. Hunter B-15 was like, hey, she's not going to miss minutes. You're bringing her back. She's not going to kill us. And he was like, I don't, I don't know. That was very yeah. funny. So funny. He's Everybody fun. was very the, funny. Oh, go ahead, Justin. I was, I was just going to say, like, we we've the show ended up coming back to being about Loki. But 
it's just sort of made everything feel not important, all the other characters, because the story ended up not being about them at all. It was about him doing everything multiple times. I mean, Loki even says, what a waste of time. And I was like, I, I would have a hard time putting that in my script <laughs> for a show that was too long. Uh, but it's it just like all the, the uh, Zaniac stuff, X5, all the like TVA killing in the tiny box, that stuff was not even Renslayer. They do a great little moment where we oh, see- Oh yeah, we got to the, see her after she got, uh, yeah. No, I, that I was like, this is meaningless. What does this mean? Well, nothing. Yeah. And also there why is she happens. being punished? You know? Yeah. What do you well, mean it, punished? Uh, the, when you get, when you get, uh, what I don't, I'm trying to Elias think. Elias ate her. Elias dissolved her. Like, well, maybe, or maybe she had got up and run, but it was cool to sure. see her. It was cool to see her. Well, I, what I thought was cool about Renslayer was the story that Mobius told when he was in his last scene with Loki, where he's like, this, uh, this guy, this agent didn't, uh, prune this kid because he, he hesitated for a moment. Again, great moment and playing into this thing that he likes being a dad, which felt tacked on, but this really, I liked this moment. And yeah. then we find out that Renslayer was his partner who did what had to be done. I was like, cool moment. But that was literally the only value of Renslayer in this whole season. Yeah. I was like, what a, what a waste. Well, I'll, I'll throw something else out there to pivot off of the point that you're saying. And again, I like this cast. Don't think I don't like this cast. cast listener slash Pete, who is also listening, I think. Also listener. Yeah. Also listening. Uh, the uh, cast spent most of the time just standing around being like, what are you doing, Loki? What's going on? For like a All their lines were like, huh, you seem to know a lot. Suddenly. Yeah. Loki, well, he, kept, I, he didn't have I know we it knew it was happening why did yeah. they have to keep saying it? well but also they didn't do anything like they didn't play yeah. in and to the point that you're making I thought the scene where he jumps back and talks to Mobius very good because oh, I love Loki's that he went back for him. like a pep talk with so great that's great him us it also gives us the information that he now knows how to spaghettify the timelines and yeah. do that so that plays into eventually the place that he ends up at the end of the episode same thing with the conversation with sylvie where sylvie's like i'm not going to give you permission to kill me another right. good conversation that gets a little bit to the heart of the relationship but given how much time we spent at the previous episode with like these are the people that are really important to him which includes like Ouroboros, there's friends, Ouroboros, Hunter B-15, who, as I mentioned last episode, I'm not sure they've ever had talked, uh, and Casey. Eugene. They didn't, they didn't play into it at all. Like, they didn't no. do anything. So as much as I appreciated, like you were saying, the focus back on Loki, these are wasted elements of a show when you have a limited amount of time and you should be thinking about what is the best use, not to keep using the word, but what is the best use of our time that is allotted? I think the first season did that and used every single moment to explore the character of Loki. How are we pushing it forward? How do these people pivot off him? What information are we adding about the TVA that adds information about Loki? By extension, then Sylvie, Sylvie becomes an extension of Loki, who is her own character. Mobius is his own thing that pivots off Loki in a way. It's all, Loki is the fulcrum, but here, he's the wheel all by himself, and everybody else yeah. is just watching the car go. You know? I, I, well, it's, it's just weird because you're like, oh man, when is this show going to get back to being about Loki? And then it does that, and you're like, it ah, did it too much. why is it by too no, much on it Loki? it did it too much. It well, here's the thing. Too much. Here's the thing that I did like about it is we see this character who's like, oh, maybe I'm mistress. Maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm a good guy. 
he went through hell and back when he kept kept saying again and again like that was just oh my god it was so crushing and to see him get this kind of small victory and then realize i can't include these people it takes too much time i have to do it myself i have to step up and be the one who becomes the time tree i liked seeing that journey and seeing this person who was never going to sacrifice himself finally step up and do what needs to be done so that other people can live their lives and owen wilson can creepily stand there and watch owen wilson be a dad and he's just like don't leave me here i'm just gonna be super i'm just gonna stop myself for the rest of the life i I think that's a good use of your time i'm just gonna watch a life that i could have had but not interact with or try to get my own life Go stalk yourself. Yeah, go stalk yourself. Yeah, there was actually the post-credit scene I thought was really interesting where he kidnapped his own kids. That was pretty messed up. (laughs) Made sense. He wants, he was like, no, it's me. And they're like, you're not my dad. He's just in that other room. (laughs) It's like, no, no. My two dads. Your real dad's dead. I killed him. Wow. Wow, I killed him. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Um. I, I, to the point of what I think we're all saying is like this show could have just been Mobius, Obi, and Loki with a little bit of Sylvie in there, and then that's the oh, show. No, because no. what I'm saying, Eugene in there, bro. I want all that stuff, but what Alex is saying, like they didn't use them for anything but like a bit of bait, a little carrot at the end of the stick for Loki that was just played into last episode. The rest of it is just them as as filler as like let, let stuff me, let me throw out an edit to you if that's okay and i know we hate doing this and i know our listeners hate doing this but i couldn't stop thinking about this i as i expressed earlier i was frustrated by the fact that we had mobius go out on the bridge in the suit go to the end put the doohickey in the thing and shoot the doohickey at the loom and then they were like let's do that again but slightly differently with some more science language cut out all that stuff in the middle be like the loom is about to explode that is causing we think loki to time slip let's stop this they don't do it the loom explodes he goes back in time just like we saw in the previous episode ultimately learns to control his time slipping and then goes through this groundhog's day thing and learns no his time slipping was actually caused by he who remains it brings you back maybe the only time you see sylvie rather than sylvie's arc being like i'd rather work at mcdonald's leave me out of this which is so uncomfortable to watch what are you talking about hold on the first time you see her is back at he who remains that's yeah. way more emotionally affecting. That's great. Okay. Yes, agree. Uh, let's and then we get for... an episode about her or something. Because right. I'll, I'll let you yell in a second, Pete. Because what I was saying similarly is like, this feels like an, a movie's worth, an hour and a half movie's worth of story that they did the thing of complicating in the middle and adding all this like grindy bits that they had to like, okay, now we got to say this. We have to have these characters do this. When if they just did a beginning and then this end episode, like you're saying, and then had some fun in the middle, like a show where we could just like do some like story of the week type episodes of the TVA, whether it's trimming out some he who remains or something in there. That's fun. And that doesn't feel like so sweaty. That's the thing about this episode for me and this this season. So sweaty. You see, feel the work that's being done on it. When And this episode had some nice writing. And the story of Loki sacrificing himself, to your point, Pete, 
I think is very rooted in mythology. It's a God who has to push the rock up the mountain, who sits yeah. and watches the world from a distance. That's great. The glorious purpose stuff. It really reflects on Loki as a character throughout all of his time in the MCU. Interesting. But we spent so much time with like them going into the past and the, the Victor well, timely of it all. Like that's we, we, it was a waste of time. Well, uh, all right. I'm glad we're done with your guys' giving Marvel notes. Oh, I, I just done. think uh, I just think that Loki <laughs> had to. How much? Re- I'm sorry, real quick. How much longer do I have in my life? Because that's the amount of time I'm going to have to give Marvel notes. <laughs> ridiculous. We we asked for this, and then we got it, and you're fucking complaining. All right, listen. The thing that. Loki had to see was that people are important, life is important. You got it's worth fighting for to be able to get to this sacrifice part because Dick Loki was never going to do this. He needed to see the importance of life and the importance of people, friendship, connection, uh, whether they're just kind of orbs in time that you need to get to a place or not. Orbs, we're uh, orbs in time. Yeah, but yeah. I would I would throw out to you, Pete. There's a selfish way to read this as well. He wanted his throne. He wanted his glorious purpose, and he got it. Right. That's what, and we we set that up because that, that's the other thing about the whole. But that's not thing. how he got there. He didn't like. He's not talking to those people anymore. He may be quietly observing Mobius from his threads throne, when like really like he's he's just doing what what he wants. He wants to the power, and he gets it. Yeah, There's but that's a not how it. he got there, though. He wasn't what like, did he do? I'm going to just, just go do this myself because I'm a selfish dick and I wanted a throne. No, he had to go and try to save everybody to learn that, like, okay, fine, I'll be the one to make the sacrifice and and step up instead of, you know, I'll take away my life so other people can have one. I don't Maybe. I don't think it was I, I think you're right that there is a way of looking at it as selfish given everything we know of Loki. I don't read it that way. I do look at it as the selfless sacrifice that we were talking about last episode. But I thought the thing that was really interesting about it, to the point that you're making, Justin, is it feels like a curse, right? Like it's not it's you got what you wanted, what you always said you wanted. And in the way where you had to give up absolutely everything, sacrifice everything to get it. So he does get this thing and he's sitting on the throne. And I think the way that Tom Hiddleston plays it is there's a bit of contentment there. And there's also a bit of frustration at the same time because he can play both of those emotions because he needs to now sit here for literally all of eternity. He is the remainder to the point that he who remains makes. He is he who remains. Yeah, he is he who remains. He's the the twist there that they do is it's not who's left at the end. It's the remainder from an equation. It's the thing on the outside. And that's what I think makes Loki ultimate realize, wait, there isn't only two ways of solving this problem. I am the remainder. I am the thing that is outside of this. I am jumping through time. I can solve this problem my own way. But that leaves him in a place where he gets what he always professed he wanted. But he can that means he is cursed to never be involved in the lives of the people he loves. In terms of the ongoing story of the MCU, I don't think this is the last we see to Loki. I don't think we're going to get a Loki season three, but like we're saying, I think we'll see him again if they end up going into a Secret Wars type situation because he is now the center of the multiverse. He's the power of the multiverse. Um, but yeah, just to kind of bring it together. And I've... he's got to get some gloves or something because you know how ropes can like dig into your hands. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, that's yeah. got to be tough. To hold can I to throw out time. one more criticism without Pete getting really bad at me? Oh. We need to come up 
we need to decide what the visual signifier for the multiverse is in the MCU because it's driving me a little insane. It's a tree. It, it, now it's a tree. Well, they took the loom and put it on its end. Golden rope tree. No, I know. And it looked like an hourglass when you twisted it and then it yeah. turned into a tree. I get all that. All I'm saying is that it was like this wild fractal time at the end of the first season. And that's what they followed through for a while. And then they're like, no, no, it's ropes. It's all ropes. And we yeah. got to weave those ropes into one rope. And then the ropes go crazy and the ropes die. And now they're very specifically ropes. Like they're literally strands that a person could hold. Yep. And also they're waves at the same time. And now we're going to turn it into an hourglass, which turns into a tree. So just finish at the tree. We're good. That's what the multiverse is. Let's move on from that. Well, the yeah. only thing with the tree, because I, I like the tree, the tree as, time. It, as it connects to Loki and Norse mythology. But it doesn't make sense from a like secret war perspective where it's about crashing things together. Mm -hmm. The tree doesn't, that's just ever branching crashing in together. What it's going to become a rod again, or I, I don't know. Well, to throw it, actually, I forgot what the second thing is, but um, you were going to talk about how, if there's a tree, there's got to be Keebler elves that live in the roots and make really great cookies. Oh, I remember right. that was exactly they live in the roots. They live in the roots. <laughs> yeah, just, they live in the tree. This is why you never get close dirt? to a tree. The Keebler elves will grab you. They'll yeah, pull you exactly. under the tree. Well, if you're worried about what he's going to eat, if you're worried about what he's going to eat in the tree of time, the answer is Keebler cookies. Well, I don't want your mud pie cookies <laughs> from the. Root I was elves. wondering about what he was going to eat. Like, do they bring up meals? Is that what the TV um, is? I, Alex, obviously, the answer is McDonald's, freshly delivered <laughs> <laughs> from his variant Sylvie. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was one thing I wanted to yell at you about. I love Wait. the idea that. Her Hold on, can I can I say my two things before I forget? Just real quick. Oh, fine, I'll I'll write them down. Go ahead, Pete. You're gonna be too bad. <laughs> I I just think that the idea of like you know your first job, the a fun job. You know, uh, JT Sizz over here used to, he talked about how he liked working the drive through at Burger King. Exactly. The my idea, first podcast. Yeah, the idea of these things and being able to kind of go back to them is this fun thing, and I like Sylvie being like. This is my happy place. When I was all I had to be in charge of was this McDonald's. I was managing a couple people. We have to just make sure that this McDonald's runs okay. And that was her happy place. I thought was kind of fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, true. Uh, I guess. I don't know. I still would have loved her to be more engaged with the season as a whole in literally any way. But. Well, I think my, my she criticism. She was very engaged. Was she? Every scene, my, she was like, I got to leave. But my criticism of Sylvie was she went from being like, I don't care about any of this, to being like, I can't ever do that one thing. I was like, what? Choose a lane, lady. It just felt like there was, and it's just hard to hold on to any of these characters from an, an emotional core. How like, there were so many interesting things at play here, and only in the scenes where like like the he who remains in loki scene i know you're saying alex it wasn't as sharp as last season it was still one of the better scenes i it felt really like it was, was two people talking to each other about something that has ramifications and stakes uh he, he remains is weird and quirky and funny in the way that victor timely is annoying yeah and i was and like this guy is that was fun he's like yeah. hey i was victor and he's talking shit about him. So yeah. like, I, I thought that scene was good. I thought there were some great lines here and some great moments. It's just, 
the weight of so much plot from the rest of the season and the references of Groundhog's Day and everything everywhere all at once were too present. They didn't hide their reference, their homages well enough to, for me. I was like, you're going to do a double Groundhog Day here when we've already done everything everywhere all at once and the story is literally also about time and loops and <laughs> multiverse. I was like, come on, guys. Get a little more. a looper reference in there. there you know, maybe some Back to the Future sprinkled in, you know? Yeah, uh, I have something have a... to say about that as well, but I do want to, before I forget, get to the two things that Pete oh, yeah, let me it. talk about before I was yeah. so mean about it. Let's get to more So notes. the Yggdrasil thing, the world tree, I like the visual <laughs> reference there. It is weird that they were already like back. At, I know it's back in Thor, so whatever. We don't care about any of that stuff, and they've changed so many things at this Why point. Why wouldn't we care? Well, that was back in the days when Thor was like, what you call magic, we call science. And 10 movies later, they're like, magic, it's magic. That's science, magic. Also, there's an afterlife, multiple afterlives in hell. There's hell exists and other things. And ghosts, ghosts are real. So they don't really care about any of that anymore. But the fact that they were like, Yggdrasil, the world tree is the way that we think of these nine different planets that we connect together. They're in a loose confederation. To then make it the literal Yggdrasil at the end here with the time tree was pretty cool. <laughs> I was going to say a weird move, but what? it's a little it all like, came back to Thor's drawing when he was, you know, drunk with that scientist. I think, that's but I think neat. it's to your point, Alex. It's just a little underbaked. It's like I see why you did that, but it doesn't make sense the way you gave it to us. Right. Exactly. Um, and then the other thing, this is more a theoretical thing. Um, we'll see. I think they're doing interviews today, so I'm sure we'll find out more definitively about this if they do actually want to talk about it. But my impression was, uh, Pete, I think you said something about like he's holding together an infinite number of ropes. My impression was he was saving what he could. Like they, he blows up the loom. You do have an infinite number of branches, but all the branches are dying. So he's basically grabbing everything that he can in his hands. It becomes his cape, which I thought was a very cool visual as he's walking up to the throne. So it's all connected to him. He is the power conductor that is powering as much of the multiverse as he can handle. And I do, my complete speculation here is this is a way of having a relatively limited multiverse, like almost a DC style multiverse, where it's like, we have 52 universes instead of an infinite number because that's a little easier to handle. It's also, when you get to Secret Wars, a little easier to be like, oh no, there are a hundred universes that are crashing together versus there are an infinite amount which people cannot even begin to imagine. So that's my suggestion there. I think that's a good guess. And I think we're gonna get a little, like a kid is going to, tell the story of Loki and how he sacrificed himself and he's at the center of the tree holding together. And I think he's going to like lose control of it or something, or something's going to happen where that is what gets us secret wars and and the crashing in of, of threads. But I just think the visual analogy of the tree is like, I think it works much better in the comics where it's like a, uh, I forget the word uh, with the two planets incursion multiverse incursion are inf- influencing each other. And they have to, the one, breaks and one doesn't that makes a lot of sense and would make more sense from a battle because let me just say the way they're saying like hey if you don't do this there's going to be a war i was like 
what? Why? That doesn't make any sense. What? There's no. You're saying that because Secret Wars is coming. I felt like that was a big weakness in a lot of the way they talked about it. Like you're gonna uh, have this brutal war. I was like, no, that it'll end time or something. Not have a war where people are gonna fight. I was like, what? Why would you think that? It doesn't make any sense. Well, it's Kangs versus Kangs is what they're saying, and I think the implication there, which I still am not clear on, is somehow Kangs fighting will destroy timelines. Which That's I what guess, I'm saying. It's it doesn't yeah. make sense unless they're basing it on the scene from Quantumania where all those Kangs are fighting. And I'm like, what? That that didn't make sense then. It doesn't make sense that they all know that because the He Who Remains thing is like, if you kill me, another me is going to take my place. It isn't. They're all going to fight, and you're going to fight, and some people are going to die, which is a crazy idea when you have infinite people and multiverse and timeline, and he's in charge of keeping them together. There's no fight guaranteed or necessary unless, of course, you're setting up a movie where a fight happens. <laughs> yeah, that's totally fair. Well, uh, I will also say, I know you guys haven't seen the Marvels yet, but there is some, I would say, contradictory information in the Marvels as well. Of course. So we'll talk. Oh, about man, that. that's weird. Uh, one thing I'd want to, we kind of talked about a little bit, when Loki is doing that kind of walk and gathering all the, the you know, what he's doing actor-wise with his face, it's really awesome to kind of see him kind of like not only grab these ropes, but kind of like it was almost like an aging and like a taking on a kind of responsibility. Uh, I just thought it was really powerful and really impressive what the actor was able to kind of convey in the, in those little moments that we got there. I, I, my favorite thing about Loki from the beginning, first time we saw him, is the way he grabs ropes. Do you remember He's that first really... scene in the first Thor movie when he grabbed those ropes? And you're like, oh, uh, that's never going to come back. Good. And then it did. Yeah, yeah, it did. They called back to it. Uh, yeah. Remember that scene Loki translates Thor as the rope grabber. Uh, a tree and was talking about it, and then his brother became a tree. Yeah. And the go. ropes <laughs> are the swing on the tree that they're swinging on in a fun field, oh, maybe. Yeah. So cool. The... Uh, I did like the visual of that, of him walking down the walkway and it tearing away at his clothes and turning yeah. it into the, not exactly classic Loki uniform, but definitely a riff on it with the robes and the cape and the horns, pretty like cool you were looking. saying. Uh, it was I thought we were cool. going to get some naked, some nude Loki, some uh, butt cheeks. Yeah, I, I was hoping You wanted too. some butt cheeks in that? In an I infinite we universe. Tasteful butt cheeks? Nude Lokis. Yeah. I'm yeah. hoping that, like, when they ask how many universes, they're just going to go, like, 51. <laughs> uh, Got him. <laughs> one last quibble criticism I'll throw out there. There was a lot of smart people being very stupid about stuff happening this episode as well. Like the whole yeah. idea that they were very surprised that they couldn't hold back an infinite number of universes and that there was an infinite number of universes in the multiverse. And that was supposed to be a big revelation. I felt like that was the sort of thing they should inherently understand because that's the idea. Yes, of it. that's their job. Well, they were so well, they, focused on the mechanics that they didn't, you know, think about well, the magnitude a little bit. I said this last time where I'm like, why is this a space? Why is it there's not enough space for timelines? I was like, what? The whole thing was like, we got to make the circles bigger. I was like, what? What does that mean? Well, because they also did, a, they purposefully didn't explain what the loom does because they wanted to yeah. save the revelation that it was a failsafe created by he who remains until the last episode. So it was a lot of yeah. like mechanics of holding back information from people. But these are specific instances where I was like, you guys should have done that. Like, I know yeah, that, and I do not work at a time variance authority. Yet. Great job. See if I check it out on... Uh, I'm going to go stare at my kids for a LinkedIn. while and see if I can... Yeah, man. 
Well, that's what, and I, I don't want to keep complaining about this show because, like, as I said, this episode had some a lot of positive stuff to it. Sure did, buddy. The whole season, and I guess series, is just o- ironically overwrought and underbaked at the same time. It's like over needed the dough and then they didn't let it cook I, long enough. I would to make disagree sense. about the whole series because go back and watch the first season. I thought that was really well done. And yeah. I I think yeah, I was thinking Justin, a lot go about back the difference. And watch the whole first series. I know Pete in particular is going to make fun of me for even breaking this up, but I was thinking about this a little bit in terms of the episode titles for season two versus the episode titles for season Mm. one and the episode titles for season one were all riffs off of loki there were some that were not deeply steeped but steeped in comic book lore like journey into mystery things like that and they all played into the ideas of the episode here this season the episode idea the episode titles i think were like frankly kind except of for the last episode except for the last no but here's the thing like they were not focused on glorious the purpose same... hold on the, this, is the, purpose! this is the one that brought it into focus for me actually but things like breaking brad that's just stupid that's a joke on breaking bad which has nothing to do with this the heart of the tva Still which is the joke. most generic thing i know they said it in the episode but at the same time i was like I mean, I know you're riffing off of different things there, but it's not focused on Loki. It's just a generic thing. 1893? That's the year they go back to. Like, that's... You can't get more generic than that. They're not focused on Loki for most of the season. And this last episode, being like, oh, yeah, we're going to bring it back. It's also called Glorious Purpose because it's a loop. First of all, it's not a a loop other than the fact that But also what... The old Loki, who is that amazing actor, played when he yelled out glorious yeah, purpose. That's the thing that Lokis say a lot. I get that. Yeah. But naming it, they're supposed they're being like, it's an Ouroboros, it's a loop, it brings it back to the beginning. It doesn't. It brings you to the end here, in fact. And it does pay off on Loki's glorious purpose, but ultimately it makes it feel like, because you're repeating the title to me, a knockoff of what they did in the first season. Um, well, I you're a first season stan. Yeah. Shouts to that. But I feel like this whole thing is meant to be taken as a whole, especially the way they did it. So it just feels like this season sort of tars a little bit what came mm-hmm. before to me uh, and makes it feel a little like, I guess I know we, if we, this was sorry, all the no. point, then if this was all the point, then what? But I don't think it was. And I know I talked about this the last episode as well. But again, I was thinking about like, there's so many different ways they could have gone and so much of what happened in this season seems frankly contradictory to what happened in the first season maybe there was a rough plan that they worked off of i honestly don't know but i think they had to do a lot of editing saves uh with everything that was going on with uh different actors and stuff no they they didn't they very specifically they're like wow this is the first show we didn't go back and reshoot at all this is exactly what they intended and you believe them i believe everything everybody tells me all the time that's the original title of that movie everything everybody tells me all the time that's the title of this series um uh, one really important thing to say is glorious purpose reminds me a lot of special purpose um the from the jerk which is um uh, Navin Johnson's penis. <laughs> so it's hard for me to take this glorious purpose seriously without thinking Loki's talking about his penis. He is, though. That is his glorious purpose. And he gets to sit there, and I'm not going to continue this line of thought. Thank right, you. Why don't we yeah. <laughs> move over to our vision board? 
and talk about what we think is next in the MCU. This actually gets into a little bit of news that came out that is tangentially related to this. New but news! New news. First of all, the SAG strike is over, which is great. Yeah. Great news, SAG. Great news. One, they got, I think, pretty much everything they wanted, very similar to the writers. We That's haven't seen right. the deal yet. We haven't seen the deal yet, but it is um, supposedly quite good and addresses not perfectly, but hits almost everything that they wanted to. In yeah, the I think I had heard in terms of the AI protections that they got the studio to get rid of it for everybody except Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford is the one person yeah. they can scan and use in perpetuity wherever they want. And he's, right. he's into it. He loves it. He's, he's been like, AI for years. <laughs> How dare um, you. Anyway, the reason I brought this up How is because the you. strike is over. Studios he is great are... in that Apple show, you piece of shit. He is great in that Apple show. Very fun. Do yes. you see Indy, Indy 5? There's a couple AI scenes, I think. <laughs> the I've seen all of them. reason I brought this up is the studios are getting back to scheduling things now that they can go back into production and they're shifting around stuff per the point of our podcast. The big change here, we don't know necessarily on the TV end yet, but there is going to be one MCU movie now next year, which is Deadpool 3, which is immediately going back to shooting. They think they can still make the release date. However, they moved it from, I believe it was in May. Now it's going to come out in July, which originally was Captain America 4's date. That's going to go back reportedly to three to six months of reshoots. Yo. And Yikes. come out now six in... months of research. <laughs> yeah, come back Yikes. in... 2025 they're basically reshooting the movie at that point and everything else is going to come out there the reason i bring this up now is in terms of ooh, what's coming next after loki the immediate thing is deadpool 3 the tva is going to play there mobius is in the movie well the most immediate thing is marvels this weekend yes I, I can tell you Loki True. has no impact on it whatsoever. <laughs> there, there's still no a Marvel time movie, Dick. It's still a Marvel movie. Well, I'm, we're talking, next talking year about he's talking about yes, and we're talking about things that roll off specifically of Loki. So on this podcast, Marvel Vision, we talk about the thing we're talking about and then what's coming off of that. That's what we do in our vision board section. You're new to the podcast, so you probably don't know. You having fun? This, well, <laughs> this time. is a this is a, Pete. This Pete hasn't time slipped yet. Yeah, this is a real alarm alarm of floop. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever nice good i think uh uh philp uh what yeah. a pilf, pilf. Uh, i think i think this pete needs centuries of understanding this podcast <laughs> and then he'll be back <laughs> my point is we are going to get deadpool 3 that's going to roll off of this in terms of the rest of this though we have no idea when anything else is going to come out well the good point. news about that is we can just see deadpool 3 just time and time again you know what i mean they'll have it mm -hmm. in the theater like all year long and we can just keep going to see Deadpool oh, 3. That's Here's not, my problem with Deadpool 3. They're bringing back Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, and I honestly just think he's too tall, and I don't like him. Wow, there it is. Little Petrie. Uh, and have you guys read any of the uh, supposed leaked plot of Deadpool 3? No, no. I have, yes. Don't. I have also, and I'm very excited by that. And I'm not going to say what it is. I, I'm just going to say I think it's a really smart, idea that what they're doing and it makes sense all the announcements are only reinforcing the um the leaked plot and i think it's gonna be great yeah yeah i think it's gonna be great too i'm excited to see the tva play in i hope they don't bring in kang in any way in this movie but i like these maybe a like joke maybe a joke maybe a joke like we talked about though i think regardless of what we thought the show the cast is good the characters are good the cast setting is, is good. great I'm excited to see all, all of them again. But what else 
what else is on your vision board? Do Would you want to see a Loki season three? Should we not see Loki again until Secret Wars or at all? What's your take on that? I feel like this this story feels like it's literally getting us to the door of of the Secret Wars setup. Not to say that's the the movie Secret Wars, but when we're when the uh, the MCU fully like locks into like driving towards Secret Wars publicly rather than sort of on the sly, I think we're already there with Loki, so I don't think we'll see him again. And honestly, the scene where Loki says goodbye to Mobius, I was like, they're they're done talking to each other. It felt like a real goodbye. So. And now that Loki has entered myth status with this move at the end of this uh, series, it feels to me like that's his place. He's like painted on the wall in the Norse church. So like, we're not going to see him again. And I, I don't think we need to maybe after that or during Secret Wars, we'll see more of that. Feels like the TVA is going to be a big thing. In Deadpool 3, it feels like it's going to be more as a joke or like a little a light driver and then Deadpool runs. So it won't be as important, I think. But and the real question just goes back to he who remains in Kang and, and where we are going with that. I think, though, that, uh, you know, we we have such great uh, actors uh, that we can see them in different ways. And what's nice is, like Justin was talking about, maybe we have some fun with the Loki threads and ropes where we go to different worlds and uh, get to see more of Eugene's life or, or any of, uh, you know, key stuff. So, um, you know, there's a lot of opportunities to explore stuff. And maybe a series that we haven't been talking about, but is still coming out, I believe, is What If? Mm -hmm. uh, which is basically what you just said, Pete, potentially just like, let's uh, screw around let's on play. Yeah. yeah, that's supposedly coming out by the end of the year. Obviously, a lot of release schedules are shifting, so we'll see what happens there. I would say I would love to see a TVA series. Like, it doesn't have to include Loki. If, like they were saying earlier, Justin, give us, you know, done and one adventures with a light overarching plot where they chase after Kangs or go do solve time travel mysteries or whatever they're going to do. That's great. This cast is great. Yeah. I'd love to see it. Um, Marvel has said that they're going to try to do more actual TV series going forward. It's such an easy concept to do. There have been a million time travel shows. I don't think there's been like a time travel agency show, like a detective show. Procedural. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Perfect setup for that. And great cast. I yeah. hope they bring them back. All right. I hope they bring us back as well. And if you would like to support we'll that, we will be back. Patreon. What's next for us, Alex, before you go into Oh, the, yeah, sure. Uh, well, next is going to be the Marvels. We are going to talk about that, so we'll have an episode of that. Also, coming up in January is going to be Echo. All five episodes are dropping. Yeah. And I'm sure we'll do some news and maybe some – there's still a couple of movies we need to catch up on, so maybe we'll try to do that exactly in right. the intervening time. Regardless. Echo, what if uh, potentially? Yeah. Um, I I do have one more question. Oh yeah. When when we see timely at the in the, sort of in the middle of the episode, does he say pumpkins? He, he does, does say pumpkins. pumpkins. Yeah. Why did no. he say pumpkins? I don't know. It was very distracting. That was very weird. <laughs> I turned to my wife and I was like, "Did he just say pumpkins?" Yeah. Okay. Strange. Good. I thought I was having a time loop. Yeah. yeah I like I, checking I, in with baby Victor Timely and him looking out the window and be like, "Well." Nothing for me. Back to no books here. Yeah, no books being thrown in my window. Back to my candle making, which is just fine. <laughs> Weird. 
If you'd like to support this podcast and our candle-making, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Facebook and YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about the MCU. Apple, Spotify, Android, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show. At Comic Book Live on Twitter slash X, Comic Book Club Live on TikTok and Instagram, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, stay marvelous. I like the point where Loki has a line, uh, replace it with something better. I wanted him to turn to the screen and say, maybe the X-Men. Uh. <laughs> Pumpkins.